What's going on, guys? Welcome back inside another episode of Big Easy in the Big Apple, the destination for the Houdat Nation. Is your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report and on Instagram, Saints underscore podcast. And if you like the content and you want me to keep putting out more stuff, feel free to support the channel uh, at any time. Now, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm not going to put any everything out on the table today because I will have another episode out for you guys later in the week to discuss the Saints Vikings playoff showdown and I can tell you the truth right now my stomach is churning from now like I'm already nervous about that game and it's not because I think you know necessarily the Saints are going to lose it's just the playoffs and what this team has been through and they never make it easy never so I'm already nervous but anyway let's talk about what went down yesterday Saints Panthers dominant performance by this New Orleans Saints team a team that knew they couldn't control their own destiny but if they took care of business they would have the luxury of sitting back watching and hoping for certain events to unfold. Now, those events didn't unfold. Minnesota didn't beat Green Bay. Then Detroit didn't beat Green Bay. And then Seattle didn't beat San Francisco. So a couple of things the Saints needed to go their way didn't. But what I saw from this team yesterday was very encouraging. In fact, you can make an argument it was their best performance of the season. And the best part about that is each week, I've sat here and told you guys that this team's ascending and you can make an argument that the previous win was their best uh, game of the year. And then they come out and play even better than that. So they play great against the Niners on offense. They lose that game. And looking back on it, that game would have decided the one seed and it's frustrating. They lost it. I get that. But that was told me something that this team, at least offensively found its groove. And then what happened against the Colts? They beat them down. Then what happens against Tennessee? They fall down 14, nothing in the first quarter, and then the Saints team just goes on a crazy run and ends up dropping 38 on the road against a really good Tennessee Titans team, which, by the way, is in the playoffs this year. So it's not like they beat uh, you know, a horrible team. And then what do they do to the Panthers? Well, they beat them down 42-10. to 10. And it wasn't just the way they beat them down. It was which players stepped up that really impressed me. In the first quarter, from the get-go, the Saints got Alvin Kamara involved. And I said on the previous podcast, get AK going. Get him another score or two, if you could. I mean, you can't just control who scores a touchdown out, but if you could try and get him it because momentum for him, especially and confidence, all that carries over to the next week. And the fact that Alvin Kamara, who didn't have a touchdown to since week three of the season has now had four touchdowns in the last two games. That's a confidence booster. And now we're starting to see him run with great cuts and great vision. And I know he carries for 39 yards and jump off the stat sheet, but 4.9 yards per carry is pretty damn good. It's better than what his average has been for most of his career. And I like what I'm seeing. I also loved what I saw from the Saints using Latavius Murray. 17 carries for 61 yards. I know a lot of him, a lot of the reason he got that many touches was because the game is out of reach, but they might need Murray down the stretch. Maybe they need him against Minnesota. Maybe they need him against Green Bay if they were to beat Minnesota. Like there's reasons why I like that they got Murray involved early and often, and it's a nice little dose to ramp him up and get him ready for the postseason. Now, what really, out of everything impressed me the most was that the Panthers said, 
Michael Thomas is not going to beat us. Four catches for 37 yards, by far his worst game of the season. And now it helps because he still adds on to that record. Now he finishes the year with 149 catches, makes it really hard for someone to beat him in that category. But four catches for 37 yards, basically like the NFC Championship stat line. But Trey Quan Smith, five catches for 56 yards and a touchdown. Taysom Hill had a 45-yard touchdown. Jared Cook, 44 yards receiving and a touchdown. Josh Hill, three catches for 35 yards. The Saints were finding ways to move the ball effectively through the air without Michael Thomas being, you know, part of that aerial assault. Like, he didn't have a big game, and the Saints were still able to manage to put up 42 points. That impresses me a lot. And I think that, again, is something that for the playoffs against certain teams, you're going to need. Now, I won't tell you whether or not I believe Minnesota is one of those teams because, like I said, I'll have a podcast episode coming out around Thursday, maybe Wednesday for that game. But I do think it's important to note that. Now, what I also think is important to note about this team is the defense. They found something yesterday that I don't know if everyone noticed, but it's something that will carry over in the playoffs as long as they can execute it. And it's getting pressure off design blitzes. And I think that was what worked perfectly. Getting back Kiko Alonso is huge. I don't know if people noticed yesterday, but he was all over the field wreaking havoc. So you put Kiko Alonso with Demario Davis, who is, my, who in my opinion has been maybe the second or or third best linebacker in football. I know Bobby Wagner's great, so I don't want to knock him down. But Demario Davis has been so good. So you have Davis with Kiko Alonso, and then you have AJ Klein, who is all of a sudden playing really good football. He had a pick six yesterday. Granted, it wasn't a great throw, but that's a pick six, and it counts, and they all count for points. And this linebacking core is playing really well. And what the Saints have found ways to do now is use those guys on stunts, on blitzes, to get pressure. Because without Rankins and without Davenport, they're depleted up front. We get it. But they still have enough talent that if you can get one more rusher in there, free him open, let him hit the quarterback, and that could change the whole game. I feel like once Demario Davis and Kiko Alonso blew up Will Greer, and I, and I would never say this about most guys because I don't like to question the toughness, and, I'm not, and I still don't want to question Will Greer's toughness, but as a rookie who clearly isn't ready for the moment, you get hit tw- hard twice like that. I think Will Greer was okay with going to the bench. I honestly feel that. Now, I know he was definitely injured, but I think he was definitely okay with going to the bench at the same time because you do not want to be there taking that beating. And what the Saints were able to do defensively yesterday was really impressive. And how about the back end of the defense? Not getting beat a lot. Lattimore got beat and he got called for a PI. And then the next play, he almost picked off uh, Kyle Allen at the time who came in for Will Greer. So love the way Lattimore played. Janoris Jenkins gets a pick to steal the game. I mean, this defense played really well. And how about PJ Williams? So we talk a lot about CJ Gardner Johnson and how well he's played in the absence of Von Bell. And I can't speak, um, you know, enough about how great he's been for this team the whole year, not just the last couple of weeks. But PJ Williams steps in for Marcus Williams as the free safety, not his natural position. But I can argue to you that that's where he plays his best football. He was making big hits. He was making good uh, stops and coverage. And most importantly, this team didn't get beat over the top, which I'm sick of seeing. I'm sick of the New Orleans Saints playing great defense and then getting beat over the top. And with Minnesota coming to town, we all know how that ended last time. I'm not opposed to having P.J. Williams as the free safety because God knows Saints fans are going to get the cold sweats and flashbacks are going to hit them if we see Marcus Williams playing free safety and he misses a big hit or he gives up a big play. And we're all going to think about it. So if P.J. Williams is playing free safety next week, so be it. I'm actually not that worried about it. He plays that position almost as natural, and I I think it's very impressive in my opinion. Now, before I move on to the NFC playoff picture and tell you which team I think the Saints remind me of, I'm going to tell you something that really, 
really stood out to me. Outside of the defense playing well and Drew Brees throwing well outside and the running game getting going again, the Saints had three penalties. This team, we said all year, if they can stop shooting themselves in the foot, they're going to be a very hard out, very tough out in the playoffs. Well, three penalties would probably be encouraging if you ask me because it's a team that had 11 against the Tennessee Titans. Cut that down by eight. That's a big change. The offensive line is healthy. I think that's a big reason why the Saints are able to do that. They can rotate guys. They have Ramchek in, Armstead. You still have McCoy. You still have Warford. And then you have Pete and Easton, and you can figure out which one you want to play left guard. But this Saints offensive line really is starting to play better. And because of that, the communication issues are down. The penalties you saw yesterday are going to go down. And if they can continue to play clean football like that, I think they're going to be the toughest out out of any team in the playoffs. But they're going to need to continue to play that way um, moving into next Sunday. Now, I'm going to talk briefly about the Saints-Vikings game, what to look forward to, and how I feel about this whole NFC playoff picture in general in just a moment. I'm also going to answer some of your questions and reveal which Saints team this one reminds me of. All that coming up right after this message. And welcome back inside Big Easy in the Big Apple. Once again, Chris Rosvogu. Now let's get into your questions for the week. And we're going to start with the first one from Matt. And he says, will any of the secondary starters be back next week against the Vikings? Now, honestly, that's really a tough question. I would say the two to look out for more than anything, I'd say Von Bell and then Eli Apple. And the reason I say those two is because Von Bell, we saw they had an estimation of him maybe being limited in practice last week, but it was a walkthrough. So then they downgraded him to... Uh, not available for practice. I think if Von Bell's ever going to come back, now is the time. I think Marcus Williams' injury is still pretty fresh, and a groin injury is tough. It's almost like a hamstring injury in the sense that they're tricky. Once you injure them, there's a very good chance that you can re-aggravate that injury. So I would say look for Von Bell out of all of them, and then let's see where Eli Apple's ankle's at, because ankle injuries, go, they're from like week to week, and I know for a fact the, the way the Saints were going, there's some guys they weren't going to even let practice this week, even if they were ready to practice. So I think it's tough to say, um, where those guys are at. We're going to see with the injury report on Wednesday, but I think the one guy to look forward to more than anyone is Von Bell. I think he's the biggest game changer out of the three. And if they can get him back, that would be huge. Next question from my guy, Ron Witherspoon. Expecting little Jordan Humphrey and Draquan Smith to step up in the playoffs. Your thoughts? I don't know about little Jordan Humphrey because I think that means he would have to get enough reps in a big game for him to make the catch. But we'll see. I, I would have ruled it out. Um, and after as for Traquan Smith, he's going to need to step up. So hopefully he does, because if he can, I'll really open up the defense and teams are going to try and take Michael Thomas out. They're going to try and double him. They're going to try and use bracket coverage. So if Traquan could get going, give them 40 yards a game, 50 would be great. But if you give him 40 yards a game, I think that would be really big for this offense and it would open up things down the stretch. So we'll see if he can do that starting in the wild card round against Minnesota. Brandon asked with it looking like Minnesota versus New Orleans next week. How does our defense match up against their offense this season? Strengths, weaknesses. Here's the one thing why I hate the Minnesota matchup. Minnesota is the only team in the playoffs right now that can sit there and give you two really good wideouts and say, try and stop them. And it's really hard to stop both. And I think the Saints have the luxury of having Marshawn Lattimore who can maybe take one of them out of the game. But how about the other guy? What is Thielen going to do if Marshawn Lattimore locks up digs? Or what is, you know, 
Dick's going to do if Marshawn Lattimore locks up Thielen. And which one do you think can hurt your defense more? And I think actually, and I know it's crazy because Diggs is the one who had the touchdown that broke all our hearts. I think Thielen is the one that when they're both clicking, he's the more dangerous wide receiver. And I think that might be the one that they have to key, on, uh, key in on. Now, as for the rest of the offense, Kyle Rudolph's a good tight end, but what the Saints really struggle with are tight ends that can make plays after the catch, like a George Kittle. Like George Kittle could catch the ball for three yards and take it for 50, and stuff like that kills the Saints. Kyle Rudolph is going to catch the ball for five yards, and he's going to fall down after five yards. Like, I know the Saints struggle against tight ends, historically speaking, but look at the ones that have beaten them, and you'll understand why. They've gotten beat by a Vernon Davis who could run, a George Kittle who could run, those type of guys. Now, ironically, they're both 49ers, but... That's what hurts them. I think with the tight ends, they match up pretty solid. Running back's the key. And I'm going to talk about this next episode for sure. But if you can stop Dalvin Cook and you can neutralize him, we're talking about a ball game that if the Saints don't win, it's a, it's a shame. Because if you stop Dalvin Cook, you're taking away 50% of the Vikings offense. And we're going to see if they can do that next week. Next up, George asks, do you see the Saints scooping up a free agent wideout? If so, who? If they're picking up one, it's Antonio Brown. Now, do I think the Saints are going to sign him? I'm not sure. I'm a little skeptical about it. But would it surprise me? No, because I think Sean Payton's at the point where he's so desperate to win a Super Bowl. His team's knocking on the doorstep, but they don't have a buy, and you need to find any edge you can get. And maybe Antonio Brown's that edge, and that's why I think it wouldn't shock me if he's the guy, but I don't know if he's going to be clear to play. So that's another story for another day. George also asked a couple more questions, so I'll throw them in here. Secondary played well. Do you see Dennis Allen doing some rotation if those three come back for the playoffs? Yeah, absolutely. If Dennis Allen has a full, uh, you know, arsenal of guys in the secondary, he will mix around Bell and Gardner Johnson, mix around both Williams, uh, Williamses, and also get Eli Apple in there. But if Janoris Jenkins is playing well, you can't take him out of the game. And I think that's why that pickup, which I was against at first, I was wrong because Janoris Jenkins has shown as a veteran corner, you put him up against a number two wideout and he'll have a chance to make a couple plays down the stretch. Now, last question from George. Who do you see that can step up or not if Dennis Allen starts adding more blitzes from the linebackers and corners? Two guys that I really want to see in those positions. One, Demario Davis, and two, Gardner Johnson. I think those guys, because they don't just come to stop the play and hit you, they come to hit you hard. They come to knock the soul out of you. And I think that's what's really important. When you're going to blitz, you need someone that's going to, you know, strike fear in the quarterback. I think those two, more than any other guy on the Saints team, can do that. As for Tyler's question, Tyler Raymond, another one of my uh, great supporters, great guy. Follow him on Twitter if you can. What's your favorite win from the season? And who's the biggest contributor on offense and defense? Favorite win from this season? Favorite win from this season? I'm going to go week one. I know it sounds kind of weird, but I think week one, Houston, New Orleans, it seemed like the refs screwed them over again. And with 30 seconds, Drew takes them down the field and Lutz hits a 58-yarder for the win. I think that was the best win. And every win matters when you look back at the standings. So um, I think that was my favorite one from the year. Biggest contributor on offense has to be Michael Thomas. The guy was amazing. And as for defense, I'm going to go with Demario Davis. Uh, Demario Davis, I can't speak enough about how good he is as a player, how good he is as a leader, and how important he's been to the Saints' defense since he's arrived from the New York Jets. Now, Louise asked, how do you think the team's health is going to the playoffs? It's not necessarily great, but it's not as bad as people think. A lot of people are saying this Saints team's banged up, and they are. I get it, but they have a lot of guys that you need for a necessary Super Bowl run, and those guys are healthy. You got your quarterback. You got your O-line at almost 100%. You got your running backs ready to go. You got your superstar wide receiver. 
your defense, you got your linebackers back. We could talk about losing Anzalone beginning of the year, fine, but they got Kiko, they got Demario, and they got AJ Klein. Their linebackers are back. Their defensive line is banged up. That's what hurts them. And the secondary is banged up. But I, like I said, they are so deep all around on this team that they, they're hurt, but they'll find a way to make that work. Now, Mike asked if we go to Lambeau, and I hope we don't, what would you say are keys to winning the game? I mean, I don't want to look ahead because they got to win against Minnesota if they want any shot at playing Green Bay. But hypothetically, you're not play the game, force them to be a passing team. I think that's what every team that's beat Green Bay this year, they have forced them to abandon the run. They've gotten pressure on Rodgers, and they've won. And that's the formula throughout. And also, get them in tough situations. I, you know, I believe that Matt LaFleur did a good job in his rookie season as a two seed, 13 and three. I get it. Did a good job as first year head coach. Get that first year head coach in a tough situation. I think that would really help this team. Next up, um, how important would Zach Lyon, Taysom be against the Vikings? I mean, they're important. I think you got to move them around, especially a guy like Taysom Hill, who I think, and I tweeted it yesterday, I believe. He's going to be a difference maker in the playoffs. Teams have not zeroed in on what he can do as a wide receiver, and they're going to pay for it if they don't fix that. And if you can see him leak out of the backfield and make a catch and run for 30, 40, 50 yards, I think he's going to be important against this team. Um, next up for Paul, who do you see being the X factor going to playoffs? Someone that can flip how the Saints could turn from a good team into a dominant one going into the playoffs. I'm going to ride with Taysom, and I'm going to ride that one until I can't ride anymore because. Taysom Hill does so many things. You can put him in as a quarterback and he can run the football. Put him in as a quarterback, you can throw the football. You can put him as a tight end, a wide receiver, a fullback, an H-back, and you can put him wherever the hell you want and he's going to make a play. He's a good blocker. His hands are sneaky, sneakily good. And he's made a couple of contested catches this year. I think that's impressive. So I like Taysom Hill as the X factor for this team. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Yet again, guys, thank you so much for the questions. You guys sent me a lot. I appreciate it as always. And I'll have more next week. Um, hopefully that's after a Saints win, but we'll see from then. But let's get into it. Let's talk about who this Saints team reminds me of because I told you guys on Twitter and I feel bad because I left you guys hanging with a little bit of a tease there. But this Saints team, this 2019 Saints roster reminds me so much of the 2011 New York Giants. And let me tell you why they remind me of the New York Giants. From a record standpoint, they're nothing alike. The New York Giants were 9-7 and seven and just got into the playoffs. The Saints are 13-3, and three, and we knew from a while ago, about over a month, that they were going to make the playoffs. So from that standpoint, they're different. But let me tell you why these teams are actually very similar. At some point in the last month of the season, the Giants lost a game that they thought they had to win, and they were so close to doing so. They lost to the Green Bay Packers week 13 in a close one. They lost by three points at home. The Saints in a game they needed to win in the first week of December against the San Francisco 49ers at home, lost a game that they should have won, and they lost by a, you know less than a field goal. They lost by two points, and we all sat there thinking, oh my, that might be the detriment to the season, losing that game. That might just derail the whole thing. And then what do the Giants do? The Giants go on, and they beat Dallas. They lose to Washington, and then they play their best games of the season. Their last two games of the year, they play their best games of the year going into the playoffs. So they went from 7-7 seven and seven to 9-7, and seven, coming off back-to-back -back wins where they outscored their opponent by at least 15 points in each game. What do the Saints do? They beat the Titans. In my opinion, they beat them pretty well. And then they beat the Carolina Panthers. And if you want to add one for good measure, they beat the hell out of the Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football. So what I'm getting at here is they rode hot going into the playoffs. The Giants got hot going into the playoffs. The Saints got hot going into the playoffs. The Giants 
played 1 o'clock on a Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, who didn't have much momentum going into that game. The Saints, 1 o'clock against the Minnesota Vikings, who don't have much momentum going into that game. If the Giants would have won, and they did, they went on on a Sunday night to play the Green Bay Packers. If the New Orleans Saints beat the Minnesota Vikings, they would go on a Sunday night divisional round to play the Green Bay Packers, both games in Lambeau. If the Giants won that game against Green Bay, they would have to play San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game on the road at Candlestick Park at the time, which is now Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. If the Saints were to beat the Packers in that divisional round on a Sunday night, would go on to most likely face the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game on the road. So the playoff format's similar. Both teams are riding hot going into it. And then the really, really important factor, offensively, your quarterback's clicking at the right time. I wanted the Saints to get a bye week because I think at the end of the day, playing two two games compared to three in the NFC is such a big advantage. I do. But I also think that the Saints, similar to that Giants team, have a quarterback right now that's playing so well. Is he, you know, is sitting out the best thing for him? And, and I genuinely mean this. Let me read you the last four games that Drew Brees has played. And you tell me if you want that guy taking a week off. Against the Panthers, 253 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Against the, uh, the Titans, 279 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Against the Colts, 307 passing yards, four touchdowns, no picks. And also completed 96.7% of his passes. Against the 49ers, the best defense in football in my mind. 349 passing yards, five touchdowns, no picks. I don't know if sitting is the you know the best thing for Drew Brees. Now, would they have loved to buy? Absolutely. You get the secondary at full strength. You get a week off. It's one less physical team you'd have to battle. It's one less win to get to the Super Bowl. There are so many pros that outweigh the cons of getting a first-round buy. I totally get it. I wanted this team to get a first-round buy. But then I sat back and I looked at it. Drew Brees is playing some of the best football of his career. Not, not of this season, not of the last couple of years. His career. At 40 years old, he's going to be 41 in January. I really don't know if sitting out would have been the best thing for a guy who's playing well. And Minnesota rested their starters. And Kirk Cousins, the narrative is going to be that he eventually has to win a big game. And I agree with you guys. But eventually, this Saints team has to get over the hump. They got to get past those heartbreaking losses and they got to win a Super Bowl. So which one's which one is it going to go going to be? You know, is it going to be Kirk Cousins winning the big game? Or is it going to be the Saints team finally breaking the seal and going on to winning a Super Bowl? Which one? And I get it. Minnesota, the rest of their starters, they're going to be fully healthy and they have good history against the Saints. But momentum should matter for something. And you can make an argument that the hottest team in football right now, outside of the Baltimore Ravens, because they have been so damn good, the New Orleans Saints, winning their last three games in dominant fashion each time. The quarterback's playing well. Their offense has found ways to win, whether it's Cook, Kamara, Michael Thomas, Taysom Hill, finding ways. And we'll see, because I know people are going to be nervous for the Sunday game. It's it's human nature. But who's to say the Saints don't come out firing all, on all cylinders and beat the crap out of the Vikings? You don't know if they could, and we, don't, we won't know until Sunday. But going back to that Giants team, the Giants played a Falcons team that, like I said, didn't have much momentum down the stretch. They lost to the Saints in blowout fashion at home, on the road, excuse me. Literally lost by 29 points, then beat the Panthers last game of the season, had to go on the road in a hostile environment, and lost 24 to 2. The Giants beat the brakes off them. 
Like, it's possible with the way the Saints are playing, or the way the Vikings are playing, that resting the starters doesn't matter for Minnesota, and the Saints just go on and beat them up. It is possible, and we won't know. And Vegas is telling you that the Saints are the best team in the NFC Divisional round. They're telling you with that spread by minus eight. Now, I think it'll go down, and that's normal. That's normal betting. But they're telling you that this Saints team is playing good football, and there's a good chance that they can go on to beat Minnesota thoroughly and then advance the divisional round. I'm not going to talk about will they do that until next episode, but I do think that's a, there's a possibility that happens. And like I said, the Saints do have a very, very good chance of showing everyone that maybe the bye week wasn't the best scenario for them. But anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Big Easy in the Big App. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. As always, stay tuned for another episode because I'm going to break down that Saints-Vikings-NFC wild card matchup should be a really good one and i'll break it down for you guys in every angle every aspect and tell you guys which team i do believe is going to win on that sunday but thank you guys so much for listening stay tuned for more content and i hope you enjoy the rest of your week